into our feet in this place. And we just begin to magnify that name that is above every other name. If I could get turned down in the mic just a little bit. Oh, come on. Can we just begin to magnify Jesus in the house? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. We worship the one God of Israel, the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the God that was and is and is to come. Somebody is coming with the expectation tonight that God is going to do great things. Oh, somebody begin to lift your voice in this place. Oh, I believe in a miracle working God. I believe in the God of wonders. I believe in a God that its hand is not shortened, that it does not save. An ear that isn't heavy, that it does not hear. An eye that isn't blind, that it cannot see. Our God can do all things exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask. I speak into faith tonight a healing. I speak with expectation and faith tonight a deliverance. I've come in believing that God is going to move and pour out his spirit on us here tonight. Can somebody believe as we get our minds on the Lord? I know we're transitioning after the work week, but we've come in to focus on God, to focus on the service and allow God to begin to move. This is a place that pastors felt led from our God to focus us on him. Come on, somebody begin to clap your hands right now. Somebody begin to lift your voice in this place. Somebody begin to call out like we're apostolic. Somebody begin to lift your voice uh, as if you were born of water and of fire. God, we need you tonight. God, we cannot move from this place uh, until we see you face to face. Uh, God, move on the youngest to the oldest. God, we pray, God, we covet a healing. God, we covet a deliverance. Uh, Lord, move into this place, Jesus. Uh, somebody give our God a shout of praise in this place. Oh, he is worthy of all praise and adoration. Oh, he is worthy, he is worthy. Amen. It's so good to be here at New Life Apostolic Church. And I'm excited to the direction that God is taking this congregation. And I'm excited for him to demonstrate his wonders. Amen. We need to pray for our pastor. He is en route to the Missouri State Conference with Brother Delion. We need to pray for traveling mercies for our man of God. We need to pray that God deploys his ministering and warring angels to accompany him wherever he goes for this conference. Amen. We need to continue to pray for our country. We need to pray for this community. We need to pray for the city of Colleen specifically. I've been here for 20 years, and I have never seen it in this state. The things that we read on the news, when we are number seven in the nation, for crime, there's a problem. That means that the church needs to pray for its community more. We need to pray for the hearts of the people more. Amen. If we could get our minds on the Lord, we need to pray for this community more. Amen. If we could close our eyes and lift our hands and just begin to lift our voice as a congregation that God has deployed to the city of Colleen. Lord God of Jacob, I rebuke the prince of this city. 
God, the demonic force that is beginning to move, God, on the young people, God, of this city, God, and the teenagers in this city, and God, the young people in this city that are hopeless, looking to try to find hope, God, in crime and criminal behavior, begin to move on their hearts right now, God. Lord, begin to pull their hearts uh, to this sanctuary, to this church, uh, and allow them to understand that you are the God of hope. You are the God that is our family. You are the God that is the father to the fatherless and the defender of widows. Oh God, begin to move on this community. God, I pray for a hedge of protection. God, on my brothers and sisters here in this house tonight, God, a hedge of safety. Wherever they go, God, they are not affected, God, by what is going on in this city. But God, let them be a light uh, into this place. Uh, God, let them be salt of the earth uh, in this place. God, we're believing for revival and let the hopeless come to the place of hope. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give our God a hand clap of praise. I'm believing for a revival. Revival comes in trauma. Revival comes in persecution. And revival comes in hard times. I'm believing it that God is going to do something. These altars are open. Whatever you have need of, our God is ready to meet that need. Even before you asked. Amen. God, have your way here tonight in Jesus name
Can we just give God some recognition in the house this evening? Amen. He is worthy of all praise and adoration. We're going to continue to sing on to the Lord. Amen. I'm excited to see what God does this evening, if we would just allow him. Amen. Let's continue to worship him. praise tonight. I am thankful that I know the name that is above every other name. And there is power in that name. I was born of that name. I was born into that name. And I was adopted into that name. Amen. And I am thankful that demons tremble at that name. And every circumstance begins to melt away in that name. Amen. Because our God can do all things. Amen. Let's continue to worship him this evening.
Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? I am thankful that God has a great exchange rate. Beauty for ashes. Healing for sickness. Joy for my pain. Amen. That is a God that we serve here tonight. And I believe that somebody is coming to this place carrying a situation. Desperate for God to exchange it. And I'm believing and proclaiming it here right now. That if you come to this altar, we pray for you that God will begin to heal. That God will begin to move. That God will begin to deliver. If we would have the faith but the size of the grain of a mustard seed to tell the mountain to be thy removed. But it takes faith. Tonight could be your night right here and right now. This could be your opportunity. Who are you tonight? We're going to sing the exchange again. But somebody needs something to happen in their life. They're at the end of the rope. They feel, why even go on? Why continue to pray? Why continue to praise? Why continue to worship? When God says, just run unto me. The peace you're looking for is up here, right here and right now. The joy that you're desperate for is right here and right now. If you would but have the faith, no matter who has the microphone, God is still on the throne. His hand and his power and his capability has not diminished. It is not me. It is God. And we come in here because we have an ounce of a faith for the God that we serve. And if we would come and pray, see what God would do tonight. We're going to sing. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do. Lord, a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. The service isn't over. The service isn't over. And God had intentions for this service if we would just submit. Amen. And just see what God does. We're going to sing another song unto the Lord and just see what God does tonight.
Oh God, move on those young girls right now, Lord God. Begin to descend. Lord God, send the wind, send the fire, send the rain, God. Lord, you are a dynamic God, oh Lord Jesus. You are a God that does all things, Lord God. Begin to move right now in Jesus' name. Oh God, we're not satisfied with the ordinary, but the extraordinary that comes from your wonders. God, begin to move, oh Lord God, on families. God, begin to move, oh God, on young people. Oh Lord God, let hearts catch fire here tonight in Jesus' name. Let us sing a song. Let us pray. Let us worship. Let us magnify his name. God, regenerate us here tonight. Oh God, breathe on us, God of Jacob. Until our hearts are new, God. children of the most high begin to open your hearts rend your hearts not your garments to God God make the crooked path straight God God make all things new Jesus
God, begin to change. God, begin to rearrange in this place, God. Break chains, God. Break the chains, God. Oh, God, here comes your liberty. God, here comes your freedom, God. Oh, God, here comes the anointing, God. Blow the wind, God. palm of thy hand, God. In the shadow of your wings, God. If we could just close our eyes tonight, I want you to meditate on something that King David said in the 51st Psalm, that the sacrifices of God are not a burnt offering. If it was just that, I would have gladly given it. But the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit, because he will not despise a broken heart pliable hearts he will not despise and sacrifice in Hebrew means to draw close to the one you love God cast me not away there's still hope there's still hope and you are loved and cherished and God sees your full potential it's not too late not too far gone If it's sin, if it's mistakes, if it's just a bad day, His grace is greater. His grace is greater.
Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you so much for those that operated in faith and come to pray here at this altar. You may return to your seats this evening. As stated earlier in the service, as we're making our way back to our seats, amen. Our pastor is currently on the way to the Missouri State Conference. Amen. So we need, and along with Brother Delion, so we need to ensure that we pray for our pastor and traveling mercies. Amen. That God will use him in that particular conference and that he is sensitive and God just begins to pour out the anointing in the midst of the service. Amen. I enjoyed our fundraiser meal Sunday morning. Amen. It was my lunch for the last two days at work and it was excellent. I'm just to let you know that all my staff were very jealous. I said, sharing is caring, but, you know, germs and all, so I'll eat it for you. Amen. It was excellent. Loved it. Remember, we have Bible Jeopardy going on, Book of John, chapters 1 through 8, Junior Bible Jeopardy, Wednesday nights at 6, Sunday nights at 5. Seniors, I sincerely apologize. Uh, In the Army, there's this mysterious law that I've never seen written called Murphy's Law, and it states that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And so for the last uh, Sunday night, it's not so much wrongs, but it's just things that preoccupy. So seniors, continue to study the entire book of Romans. I think Nicholas is going to lead the way. Right, Nicholas? Nicholas? Hi. You're going to lead the way on the book of Romans, correct, when it comes to Bible Jeopardy? Okay. Look at that smile. All right. Because he's going to be ready for the church retreat happening June 28th through the 30th at Summer Mills. Amen. Looking forward to that in the fellowship. We're going to have Brother and Sister Rainer from Tennessee. And then the media ministry, I am going to uh, get that scheduled by next service. So we could have a training and we could have uh, more people in there so we can rotate. Amen. Is there any other announcements I may have missed? Our ensemble may be seated. We're going to receive our Wednesday night tithe and half shekel offering. We're going to get right in tonight's teaching. We're going to continue with the oneness of God. Amen. If I could get somebody, please, to get the offering bag. That's fine. Thank you so much. Amen. Going right into tonight's lesson. Thank you so much, Ensemble. Amen. As we're finding our way to our seats. We are continuing on with our lesson as our PowerPoint is coming. Once again, it's a, we are learning about the compatibility of what happens Amen. I'm waiting for everybody to sit down. Amen. Once again, just emphasizing what our pastor has felt led for our church. Amen. All right. So the oneness of God has been our particular lessons. If we could go back up to that first slide. Last week, we talked about monotheism. Uh, I've had a few requests of PowerPoints, and so I have some copies in the foyer. Uh, if, you, if they're out and you would like them, I would be very honored to print out the PowerPoint. I'm honored. I was touched that people requested that teaching. Amen. So last week we talked about monotheism. What is monotheism? Somebody be a risk taker. What is monotheism? All right, Titus. One God. What is the primary or first commandment mentioned in Deuteronomy 6 and 4 and the book of Mark 
because Jesus said it, like the song said, Jesus said it. He said the Shema, right? What does that verse say? That emphasize one God, everybody. Amen. And we know that he is alone, right? We know that next to him there is no other Savior. Amen. We know that he is the God that was and is and is to come. And so tonight, looking back at our objectives for this particular lesson as we're coming together with tonight's lesson and focusing, amen. We, last week was monotheism. Tonight is going to be the names of God. Next week, we're going to talk about modalism. Modalism was the early church, an early version of oneness theology. Amen. It happened right after the apostles died, and it predates the Trinity. So we're going to be talking about modalism. It is our spiritual heritage. All right? And we're going to talk about the origins of the Trinity. We're going to talk about uh, the Council of Constantinople, the Nicene Council. We're going to talk about Terillion, who is the father of the Trinity, which is way after Jesus when that came about. And then we're going to talk about the manifestations, the roles, or the offices, and the interconnectivity, that it's all one God, the Father, right, Son, and Holy Ghost. But it's just one God. We have determined that it is one God. Next verse, please, or excuse me, next slide. All right, Psalms 99, 1 through 6, one of my favorite scriptures. I say that about all of them because they're awesome. So we're going to talk about the value of a name. The value of a name. We are talking about the names of God tonight. Now, God has had a multitude of names throughout history, but he has emphasized and revealed the one name that is above every other name. And those names were not haphazard. They were very pointed, and they led the way to the name that we call on here tonight. So Psalms 99, 1 through 6, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. The cherubims were the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle and the temple, and it was God's glory that dwelt between the cherubims. It was described as a fire between the cherubims. When the, when the high priest sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, that theophany, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, that revelation, that showing of God was between those two cherubims on the Ark of the Covenant. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. And it says, let them praise thy great and terrible name. Now, terrible doesn't mean his name is terrible. That means powerful. That means wonderful. That means above comprehension. That was a very old English and even Hebrew and Greek where it's terrible, meaning it's all-powerful. We can't comprehend it. So let them praise thy great and terrible name. That is an emphasis on his name when you agree that the psalmist wrote. And then I'm not going to go through all of it, but it also said that Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that called upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. I am thankful for a God that answers my needs. I'm thankful for a God that has the time for me. There is no automatic, automatic voice. There is no automatic punching the numbers. Press one to talk to God. 
Amen. Wait time is 30 minutes. You've been there, right? Amen. I'm thankful for a God that answers. And the thing is, even though we may not hear the answer immediately, he's still answered. Because his timing is perfect. Amen. Next slide. So we are going to be looking at the importance of a name in antiquity. Titus, thank you. We're going to look at the importance of a name in antiquity. When I say antiquity, I don't mean an antique shop. Antiquity means ancient times. I would even say that it was important in the Middle Ages, in medieval times, in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, and some of it still carries on today. But in ancient times, in biblical times, a name had to do with the characteristics of the person. Abraham, his name meant exalted father. Peter meant the rock or rock. Gideon, right, the judge Gideon, his father called him Jerubbabel. It meant one that contended against Baal. So a name always equated to a characteristic or an attribute of the person. Sometimes it was good. Sometimes it was bad. But you have a characteristic embedded in the name. Like my name comes from the name John, right, which means beloved of the Lord. Praise God I'm beloved. Amen. Our names mean something. A name had to do with family history. This happens in Near East and Middle Eastern countries today and in Israel. I remember meeting several Iraqis that had a father's name, a tribal name, and then a family name. I met a man in Iraq that his name was Mohammed, Mohammed, Mohammed. I said, you use your last name first or your middle name first? He just laughed. But it was what happens is that you get a family history attached to your name, like our surname, our last names. There's a family history that went with it. We take on our father's name. Otherwise, we are considered in ancient times and Middle Ages an illegitimate child. Having a name was everything in ancient times. If you had no name, you had no value because your name was attached to your legacy, how people remembered you. That's why in the Old Testament, sometimes we get so-and-so, son of so-and-so because it is a family heritage that had it. And I'm thankful that I have been adopted in the family, that I have a name attached to me. Amen. The value of a name in ancient times was your nature, whether you were good or bad. It was part of your identity. Amen. It's who you were. Also, it means that it was part of a person, and it was an extension of personality. It was a birthright, and it was an inheritance. Man, I want to take on the name of my father. I want to take on the name of my family. And having that name got you certain places in ancient cultures and civilizations. Amen. A name is everything. Characteristics, attributes, who you were as a person. Amen. And it's personal. A person versus position. Now, I'm a campus technologist, but everybody does not just refer to me as the campus tech. 
Hey, Campus Tech. Hey, you, Campus Tech guy. How impersonal is that? Hey, man. Hey, man, you. Hey, tall guy. How impersonal that is. How, how much it lacks relationship. But when you have a name, it's a relationship. When you have a name, it's personal. Like Matthew 28, 19, it says the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What is the name? Amen. The name that is above every other name. Amen. Because otherwise, when it's just a title, when it's just an office, when it's just a representation of attribute alone, it's not personal. We have to know the name. It is personal when you say, hi, my name is John Brown. We have already initiated a start to relationship. And it's important that we know the name. The name. I am thankful that my wife knew my name. Not just husband, but she knew my name. And I'm thankful that I knew her name. When we took our vows to become one flesh almost 14 years ago, December 26, 2008, at 6.20 p.m. at the Plaza Hotel in Clean, Texas, she did not say, I do the take husband. She said, I take John Brown to be my husband. And that's how we should be with God. We can't just be what the attribute alone or the title alone, but I want to know your name. Amen. I love you. Ask me wife. Next slide, please. So we are going to be diving into the history of the name. Amen. So we go back to the Old Testament and ancient Hebrew. God had this, uh, we're going to call it because it talks about the mysteries of the Bible and the mysteries of truth, a very mysterious ancient Hebrew name. The original translation was lost after the destruction of the temples and exile. But the best thing we know is that it was four letters. Those four letters are called the Tetragrammaton. The Tetragrammaton means four letters, right? Tetra, four. And it was Y-H-W-H. The Tetragrammaton is written in Jewish synagogues today on window panes. Somewhere in the synagogue, those four letters are, are there. But they are very careful on the pronunciation of it. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But us as New Testament believers, as Christians, the best way we can possibly pronounce it is Yahweh. Amen. So that's when we sing that song is Yahweh. Now, we put an A and an E in how we spell it English-wise is because the vowels in ancient Hebrew are different than English vowels. So it says Y-H-W-H. But the best way we can describe it or pronounce it is Yahweh. Amen. So that is the revealed name of God in the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about where here in just a moment. And so that is his ancient sacred name of the Old Testament. All right? It means he is. So that's a third person description. We describe him as Yahweh as he is. He is self-existent one. Not two. Not three, not co-equal. Can I get the fans on, please? Not another person, amen, okay? But it means a self-existent one. 
or it means I am, which is just a first person, a different form of the same verb. He is. Exodus 6 and 3, this is where we get our first appearance of Yahweh. And I appeared unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. I want you all to understand this. This is Moses speaking to a bush that wasn't being consumed with fire. It was a theophany, God revealing himself. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and Joseph didn't know his official declared name. They called him God Almighty. But Moses, Moses got God's revealed name. I love it. By the name of Jehovah was I not known to them. All right, Exodus 20 and 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. We have to honor that name. We have to have reverence for his name. We have to put our utter heart, mind, and soul understanding the power and the significance of that name. We have too much media today, social media, and people having conversations, throwing his name around, not understanding that it is part of the Ten Commandments. Amen. We have to honor his name and to not take it in vain. Why I put that in there is that we have to understand the reverence of that name. We have to be careful in the connotation that we speak that name. We have to be respectful more than the President of the United States or any Prime Minister, but the name of our God. Amen. So, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, it says, Jehovah. Jehovah is the English modern transliteration of Yahweh. It used to be Jehovah because the letter J was not invented until the 1400s. And then later on, it was Jehovah when the letter J came in. So when you say Jehovah, it's a transliteration of Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H. Amen. So when I call on the name of Jehovah, it's just a modern transliteration of the Tetragrammaton that God revealed to Moses in Exodus. God's ancient Old Testament name. Amen. Now, we look at Lord slash God in the King James Version. I'm here to tell you that when you see Lord or God in the Old Testament, that's actually Yahweh. The original text is the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H. Why? Because they go with the same honor that the Jews do today, they do not want to mispronounce the name because they are so scared. They have such reverence for his name that they are afraid to mispronounce the Tetragrammaton, the Y-H-W-H. So they just say, Lord. They just say, God. And in modern Judaism today, they say, Hashem. Ha is the and Shem is name. So they say, blessed be Hashem. All they're saying is, blessed be the name. Amen. So when we see Lord or God in the Old Testament, just know it came from those four letters. They are so scared to death. They have such reverence for God that they don't want to mispronounce his name. 
They understand Exodus 20 and 7. Do we today? Reverencing that name. The Jews today even take out O in the word God, in the name God. It's just G hyphen D because they don't want to take it out of context. They'll say God in the midst of prayer and at the synagogue, but in regular writing, they're not even going to say God. They'll just say Hashem, the name. Because they have such fear and reverence for the great and terrible name of God. Now, we live in the New, the New Testament in the dispensation of grace, but our reverence for that name still must remain. Amen. I'm born in the name. I do everything in his name. Amen. So, Jehovah, modern translation, it's Yahweh. All right? We know that Jesus is the name above every other name. But in ancient times, Moses, it would have been Yahweh. Amen. As I said, it is in synagogues today. Next verse. God reveals his character in his name. These are several names that had been used. Uh, can you go to the previous slide, please, Elder? These are names and titles that have been used in the Old Testament to describe God. We know that Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, was the revealed name of God. I remember it says in Exodus that when he went through on Moses' second trip to Mount Sinai, that he proclaimed his name. Right before the cleft of the rock, he went out proclaiming Yahweh. Man, I want God to proclaim my name. He's proclaiming his name to Moses. Nobody else had that experience before. Everybody else, it was Lord, God, God Almighty. But with Moses, he loved Moses so much that he revealed his name. We see this progression of God revealing his character in his name. So the names and titles that we see, it's going to be Hebrew and then English. Elohim. We've heard that. Thank you, wife, for being sensitive. We sang the name above all names, didn't we, here tonight. Elohim means God. We see it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. El means God. Genesis 14 and 18. Eloha, God. Nehemiah 9 and 17. Elha is an Aramaic form in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 18. Yahweh. Yeah, which means Lord, which means I am that I am. I am, right? Self-existent one. Genesis 15 and 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. And Exodus 6 and 3. Yah, Y-H. Psalms 68 and 4. Next verse, please. Adon, which means Lord in Joshua 3 and 11. Adonai which is Lord in Genesis 15 and 2. Eiyah, Asher, Eiyah. I am that I am. Yes, I practiced that one a little bit. Eiyah, Asher, Eiyah. It means I am that I am. Exodus 3 and 14. El, El On, Most High God, Genesis 14 and 18. El, Roi, the God of sight, Genesis 16 and 13. El Shaddai, it means Almighty God, Genesis 17 and 1. 
El Olam means everlasting God. Genesis 21 and 33. I am glad that my God outlasts my problems. Amen. Still, attributes of God, titles of God, but I want to know your name, God. Because your name is who you are. Your name is your heart. Your name is your identity. That is what we need to crave is the deeper things of God. Amen. Powerful titles. But your name. Moses had a, a good start. Your name, God. Amen. Now, we've talked about this before. Pastors talked about this before. But the compound names of Jehovah or Jehovah. I say Jehovah because many Messianic Jews today say Yahovah because that Y goes back to the ancient Hebrew. But either way is fine. Compound names. A compound word is when you put two words together and they make a meaning, right? They get married. Amen? They become besties. So Jehovah, compound words. Uh, if I say Jehovah, everybody understands. Now, what's the original Hebrew name of Jehovah? Thank you. Just a test. The Tetra, Tetragrammaton. Amen. There will be a test later. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, Genesis 22 and 14. The Lord will provide a sacrifice. This is Abraham about to sacrifice his son Isaac, and there was a ram in the thicket. He built an altar and called that place Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah or Jehovah Rapha, Exodus 15 and 26. The Lord is our healer. Amen. You know what I love is that God has fulfilled all of these. Amen. Jesus has fulfilled all of this in one name. Amen. Jehovah Nisi, Exodus 17 and 15. The Lord is our banner. It later on says that that banner is love. Amen. This is when Moses and the children of Israel bought, uh, fought Amalek. Moses had to keep his arms up. As long as that they were up, they won the battle. They built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord that is our banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord that is our peace. Judges 6 and 24. Gideon, not my son Gideon, but the judge Gideon. The, manny, the mighty man of valor, Jerubbabel himself, built an altar and called it the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Shalom. You have Jehovah Raha. That is Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is our. Amen. It reminds me of the importance of a shepherd. My son Titus, he's a chicken shepherd. I don't think that's a title, but he's a chicken shepherd. I remember last month that all the chickens were out there just pecking and looking around, just being chickens, and you had all these buzzards starting to circle. I yell in the air, dude, they're still alive. Go away. And then, get, and then Titus says, I got to go get my stick and be a shepherd. I, I want to beat some buzzards. But that's what a shepherd does is care and defend. Amen. I think we had the wrong kind of buzzards in our area. They thought the chickens were dead. Amen. All right. Jehovah or Jehovah Kenistadu, Jeremiah 23 and 6. The Lord is our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, 
Ezekiel 48 and 35, that the Lord is presence. All these attributes, next slide please. Uh, Brother Charles, you mind uh, getting the remote? That back one is about to go. Amen. All these attributes of God, when we're going through difficult times, we go back to the compound names of God and understand who it is that you serve. When we are going through our trials and tribulations, we go back to the name and his attributes to encourage us and be the weapons of our warfare. Amen. Now, the name that is above every other name. We see this biblical history lesson of Yahweh, transliterated to Jehovah. We're talking about his titles and his names going through the Old Testament. But let's talk about the name that we love. Let's talk about the name that we call on. Let's, call, let's talk about the name that we trust. Amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We know God said, I look for another Savior, I find nobody. I alone am Savior. God himself, that name above every other name, that name that we're saved, that name that we're baptized in, that name that we call on, that name that we cry to, is a name that throughout all of history prepared for the moment to be uttered by our lips and to begin to activate a faith in a church. Hebrews chapter 2 and 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Do we call on the name? We understand the power of that name. All his attributes and all his power is within that name. Amen. So Matthew Chapter 1, verse 21 and 23. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jesus. For he shall save his people. Not there. Not plural. His people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us. Not a co-equal. Not a second person. God with us. Amen. Great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifested in the flesh. Next slide. Jesus, English transliteration. Originally, the Hebrew name of Yeshua or Yehoshua. Yehoshua means Joshua, and Yeshua is a derivative of that name. Amen. Yeshua is what the apostles would have called him. Yeshua is what the Jewish community would have called him. Yeshua is would have been the name that they uttered at his trial, is Yeshua. Amen. Now, the Greek translation is Iesus. Why do we know the Greek translation? Well, the entire New Testament was written in Greek. 
The language of the Eastern Roman Empire was Greek. Their academic language was Greek. Now, the Jews would have spoken Hebrew or Aramaic or the Kohen Greek also. So Jesus would have been referred to as Jesus as well. And that's a Latin version as well when they called him from the Romans. I could just imagine in my mind's eye that as he was at uh, Pontius Pilate's house with the Romans, that Jesus spoke perfect Latin to them because he's multilingual and he invented the language. Amen. Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, it means salvation. Jehovah Savior, Jehovah saves, Jehovah our salvation. What is interesting, and I've, been, I've heard this from a Messianic Jew, that Yeshua is, or Yeshu is salvation in Hebrew. And ortho, ultra-Orthodox and Orthodox Jews in synagogues throughout the world are waiting for a Messiah. They're waiting for a Messiah to come and save and to rebuild the kingdom of Israel. But I heard that many of their services, they say Yeshua, only if they knew that they are calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. I am thankful that I know who he is, what that name means. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Wherefore God has also, also, uh, also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That means the previous iterations, the previous titles and names that were given to God, this name is above every other name. That name that is that identity, that characteristic, who he is. Amen. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Last verse, last slide, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, meaning action, uh, your action, what you say, and your action, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Whatever you do and whatever you say, Understand that it needs to be done in his name. And whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. That name that is above every other name. I am thankful that I only have to memorize the name of one God. I trust one God. And I understand the name of my God. Can we stand to our feet tonight and just begin to clap our hands and begin to magnify and praise and declare his name here amongst our brethren. Begin to lift up the name of Jesus. We are born of that name. We are saved in that name. There is healing in that name. There is counseling in that name. There is peace in that name. There is joy in that name. He is my banner. He is my provider. He is my all in all. Somebody cry out the name of Jesus tonight. Amen. I pray that we learned. I pray that we were enlightened. And the reason that pastor asked to go back to our roots is sometimes we don't use it, we lose it. 
we forget who we are in our identity. Amen. And so remember that you're apostolic. I believe we're one God. Tongue talking. Holy Ghost. Holy rollers, right? Amen. May the Lord bless you tonight. Continue to pray for our pastor. I pray that you have a safe week. Amen. I have a PowerPoint for somebody in the church. There's other PowerPoints as well in the foyer if you would like one. May the Lord bless you tonight. Amen. Make sure we clean up our area. And may the Lord bless you and keep you.